3: iHeart. That's leesacom dot com slash iHeart.
0: Welcome to Special Teams, a production of iHeartRadio. <music> Greetings and welcome inside the Special Teams podcast, where your hosts, Jason Smith and Mike Harmon... Our show's heard nightly on Fox Sports Radio, 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. Pacific Time, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. on the East Coast. We're on over 400 affiliates. And our partnership has extended now to the Special Teams Podcast here at iHeartRadio, where we spend... Every week, spotlighting one of the special teams in sports history. It could be a team that has won it all. could be a team that won no games. could be a team that nearly won the championship. And this week, we've got a very special one for you as we're going to spotlight the 1999-2000 Los Angeles Lakers, the first championship team since showtime, the first year for Phil Jackson, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, their first championship, a lot of twists and turns on the way to the Lakers championship.
1: A lot of chaos throughout the year, of course, right? You know, you've got the early issues with, with health that affect the team. You're breaking in Staples Center mm-hmm. and a shiny new toy, a beacon uh, to rebuild, whatever. I mean, I don't know what you call downtown L.A. Uh, right, because isn't it's it's it kind of there's gentrify. like fifteen different places you want to gentrify? Gentrify, yeah, gentrify. But it was more just the idea that they call it downtown, but it's really a well, wide berth here. Yeah, but in it's downtown, LA. But it's still All right. downtown.
0: All right. You may not like the, da- but it's downtown.
1: But is it is it really downtown?
0: Yeah. For yeah, LA uh, purposes, I think there's a. I get know, on the freeway and birth. it says exit here for downtown, so I go downtown.
1: How do you know that's not just a street called downtown? It's because it, it was its fifth or sixth. Okay.
0: Staples Center opened in 1999, the new home for the Los Angeles Lakers. But the best place to begin is what happened the season prior to their championship year. This is back when I was a TV producer for ABC in Los Angeles. And the season before, the Lakers went out getting swept by the San Antonio Spurs And it was a very difficult year because this was when the Lakers were supposed to take the next step. And instead they get swept aside in four games by the Spurs. The first game of this series with the Spurs, I go cover it. And the day before the game, day of the game, we go into their locker room for interviews like we do all the time. And we walk into the locker room and there's this big TV with a VCR set up. I mean, it's 1999 and this is where the Lakers players are watching video and 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 checking out diagrams and things. It's just sitting in the middle of the room. And we had to, I remember we had to walk around it to get to the players to interview them. So the first game of the season, or the first game of the postseason in that series with the Spurs comes down. And the Lakers lose. And Shaq, the entire game, felt like he was getting hit all the time, and they w- wasn't getting the foul calls. So the game ends, Lakers lose, and we're all waiting outside the locker room to
1: go in. You have to wait 10
0: minutes for the sure. cooling off period. Sure, got
1: to have the cooling off period. Otherwise, that could get ugly.
0: We hear through the big doors, something, is, something hit the ground and just break. And we're like, what? Ha-? We're all looking at each other like, what happened? I'm a producer. I'm looking at my talent, who is Bill Weir. Uh, oh, there you and, go yeah, Bill Weir, who now uh, It was a big deal in for- Chicago for Yeah, a while, huh? I forget where he is. He's like a CNN or something He's did he travel Yeah, he's doing some travel stuff, stuff. Yeah. yeah So we're like, what is going on? And they open the door finally And we look in and frantically A couple of people are picking up these Like broken electronic pieces from the floor We're like, alright I-, I don't get what it is So we do our interviews Find out Shaq is really mad And we hear through the grapevine Shaq was so mad he walked in he was the first one in the locker room he grabbed the VCR and he just smashed it into like a million pieces so the next day we said oh we got to try to have fun with this in our pre uh, pregame interview so the off day we come in we were actually interviewing Kobe Bryant and Bill Weir asked Kobe he said, hey we're thinking do you guys need a new VCR or is, or, or is the one you were using yesterday <laughs> still okay mm-hmm. and Kobe just looks around and he says in the microphone, he goes, no, dude, that thing's broke, man.
1: That's not coming back. It's broke. <laughs> it's broke. But yeah, think about that. VCRs. Yeah. Back man, in 99. Long time back ago. You know, the video equipment that they use now to run tape and ISOs and everything else. Mm-hmm. It's a different world. So the Lakers go on to lose. Kobe Bryant misses two free throws in game two
0: that could have given the Lakers a huge lead. Instead, I remember after the game, he said, I just missed him. They could have had a three-point lead. Instead, Tim Duncan, it's one of those big fundamental turnaround shots. And the Spurs win that game. The Lakers are deflated. They get swept. Less than a month after that game, Kurt Rambis was out as Lakers head coach and Phil Jackson is hired. And at that point, everybody in Los Angeles said we're going to win the championship because it was the beginning of Phil Jackson's tenure with the Lakers. You saw what he did with star players in Chicago. Phil Jackson comes in. It was a marriage made to happen. It was Shaq. It was Kobe. It was going to be under Zen master and everything was going to be great. And a championship was expected that first year. And, even though you heard many people say, well, it takes a while to get to the triangle, to learn it, what was with the polls and everything else. Didn't matter. It was championship or bust. Phil Jackson is here. We have to win.
1: Well, with great, great power and history comes the expectations, not just. Were you going to say great
0: responsibility? like No, Spider-Man? no, I wasn't. I wasn't. I thought you were going to go Spider-Man there.
1: No, but you bring in Phil Jackson, the expectations come with it. He'd won six of the last eight titles and you have Kobe Bryant. Rising up, you've got Shaquille O'Neal. You've got two of the best players in the game. What was the formula in Chicago? Two great players and then find some veterans that are going to fill out the roster that are going to bring that mentality guys who've been through the wars. And when Phil Jackson also brings his assistants, the longtime Bulls assistants that joined up with him, you're just assuming that you're getting back to the glory days and You're opening a new arena. You've got all this expectation. Money's been spent, and the marketing and merchandising and the sale uh, of Lakers as the brand gets to start up anew. Yeah, you have the superstars, and now you bring in the coach to harness it. Veterans decided
0: they wanted to be Lakers. AC Green came back. How about that? I mean, really, AC Green? Like, dude, is this 1984? AC Green came back. Fifteenth year in the league. John Sally came to the Lakers. He came out of retirement. To play, but I want to play one. I want to grab a championship and then walk out again. Ron Harper came to the Lakers. Brian Shaw came to the Lakers. Their big draft pick was Devin George.
1: Yeah, and, and Ron Harper being a guy winning in Chicago, that if you're going to have a veteran who was once upon a time a great scorer, that's the thing. Mm. Ron, Ron Harper had... Two very distinct careers in his NBA journey, right? Because he was he was a great scorer in his early days, but oh, folks yeah, don't he was remember great. that. No, in
0: Dallas, no, people don't and, remember. And that. Cleveland and uh, Cleveland, and rather, sorry. Yeah. Derek and, Harper was Dallas, yes. who had left the team. So yes. Okay. Yeah.
1: So then but then he goes to Chicago and he's one of those key pieces key cog and and a great defender and still even though he was a little up in years was a guy that could still bring defense and good rotation and make sure that the young guys were being brought along to learn this system so you know coach on the floor as it were as you mentioned this was the year
0: staples center opened. they had moved from the forum and the first thing i remember shaq saying when he walked into staples was you just find yourself looking up going man, this place is big. Man, it's just, it's different. It had different Mm -hmm. sight lines. It seemed like it was bigger. And we're going to get to in the podcast coming up later on just how big a deal this was in the finals for the team the Lakers played against. But it was definitely hard to get used to. Uh, I remember early on in the season was, boy, the shooting angles and everything. It was very difficult. It wasn't wasn't the same cookie cutter. Here's a basketball arena. It was done a little bit differently. And it was... Something to get used to if you played on another team. The Lakers really, look, some of the players said it took a month to get used to playing in Staples Center.
1: Sure. I mean, like anything, you know, baseball went from big stadiums down to the band boxes that we see today. Basketball kind of went the other way to try to make sure you had multi-purpose things, right? And then that was became the rage of all right. It's got to be big enough to house these concerts. Maybe you have a hockey team, as they do in Los Angeles, as you know we see here with the Kings, where you've got to have multi purposes. What that means, it's going to require a little bit of a build out. And look, when when you're also talking in Los Angeles, you you got to have the the glamour and the shimmer to go with it, which means you are going to build newer, bigger, better, stronger. And that's certainly what they did with Staples. And for basketball players, yeah. I mean, we talk about it every year at the NCAA tournament time when suddenly you're playing in a much bigger arena, sometimes in the giant 70,000-seat stadiums where suddenly the shooting backdrop is an entirely different animal than you've been used to for 35 games. So now that the team was set, the new arena was opened.
0: What else was happening in 1999? To take you all the way back. 1999. Pokemon fever. Oh boy,
1: gripped the United States. If you have a Mega Charizard, you're doing pretty well. Do you remember two, like two years ago, in the studio where people were knocking on the door when that Pokemon Go thing? Because evidently there was a rare one that was in the middle of the studio. Yes, there like, was a rare like one in the middle. At ten o'clock, yeah. ten thirty at night, people banging on the door. We're wondering, what do they want? We don't have anything here. Uh,
0: but but this is just the regular.
1: No, Pokemon. the, the with first, just the, the first generation. Yeah, have yeah. This.
0: yeah. Pokemon started. Pam Anderson and Tommy Lee divorced. Oh. A relationship that hit its nadir with the weekend they spent on Lake Powell, which became a video legend. That
1: relationship. Ended. They had a good run. Well, they didn't really. It was we were well, yeah, tumultuous, but I mean, I'm sure there no, were some good times. Always
0: tumultuous. I mean, it's it's a good word, isn't it? Uh, the South Park movie was released.
1: Screw you guys! I'm going home.
0: Your Cartman impression really might be the best one you do. Hey. It is pretty good. Fight Club came out in yeah, 1999. It did. His name was Mike Harmon. <laughs> he was a host of a podcast. His name was Mike Harmon. In sports, the U.S. women won the World Cup. The Brandy Chastain, I'm whipping my shirt off and showing you my abs, and suddenly, hey, everybody wanted to work out. Looked like Brandy Chastain. The road to swole. Wayne Gretzky retired from the National Hockey League after an illustrious career. The great one said, I'm done. And I remember this because I traded for him in fantasy,
1: thinking, okay, I'll have him ah, for one more there year. You go. And then he retires. I'm like, oh, you're killing me, man. His still his greatest moment was on Saturday Night Live when he sang Waikiki Hockey. Was that really his greatest moment, though? For me, it was. It was really that was the greatest because we we had a glass of wine over at one point when he was doing mm. a an auction thing for uh, the Oaks Christian School here okay. in Los Angeles that his kid was going to. And he was selling off all old stuff, extra <laughs> copies of things that they'd sent to him when he was an endorser and raising money for charity as well. And I got invited to it and we started talking about random things. And oh, over a glass of wine, uh, Why nice. Hockey came up. He was very excited wow. to talk about it.
0: It's great. I moved to L.A. the day he was traded to the Blues. How about that? I'm like, I'm here. Wait, Gretzky's gone? No, I'm leaving. I can't stay. That's it? No, I said, well, look, Gretzky had to leave for me to come to L.A. <laughs> so now that you are primed and ready to go, coming up next, we get into the season that was for the Los Angeles Lakers, which began with a bit of bad luck.
3: iHeart. That's leesacom dot com slash iHeart.
0: We continue on in the special teams podcast. Our look at the 1999 2000 Los Angeles Lakers, who won the first of three consecutive championships. As the season began, the Lakers were playing well, but Kobe Bryant breaks a finger. He misses a month of play. And when this story happened, it was all great. Here we are ready to go, and Kobe breaks a finger, and we have to figure out how to get by without him. And that was going to push the development of the team, push who was going to fill in for him, who was going to pick up the scoring load, because this was Kobe Bryant at 21 years
1: old who was ready to ascend and take that next step, and instead they're without him for a month. No, tough road, obviously, the great expectations, and a guy that was just starting to to really find it, right? After the trade that brought him that still baffles me uh the expectation's great now you've got he and Shaq paired up with a a number of these veterans knowing it was going to take some time to gel and i think that was the concern is the western conference being contested that you were you were going to lose some of these early games because they had a in, in november a bunch of games against up-and-coming teams and contenders right off the jump, a bunch of back-to-backs some mm-hmm. really weird scheduling. But just the idea that, all right, who's who's going to pick up the the pace? Are these veterans able to do it, right? Are they role players, or can they yeah, still how many give you can these big guys minutes? Play. Yeah. It's tough. But they get out of November at 11-4. and four.
0: Glenn Rice was scoring a lot of points, and they were figuring out a way. Kobe Bryant comes back in December, about a month away, and the Lakers absolutely take off. They go 14 and 1 in the month of December and suddenly it is NBA title or bust for the Lakers who have shown that hey, uh 2 months in we've lost 5 games. Uh we're going to be a dynasty for a little while.
1: Well, the biggest thing here is you're starting to see the breakneck point scoring like we see in today's NBA. Right? A lot of games where they're in the high 1 you know 115 plus they're into the 120s they're they're getting out there and defensively locking teams down to where the shooting percentages are low curiosity you know as we'll talk about the the season as it goes because there are some statistical anomalies that just make you scratch your head when you think about where the game is today but they're still putting up big points and and clamping down so the the great recipe and when you can run off a bunch of victories in that fashion and change your game depending on pace and help dictate how a game flow is. I mean, that was one of the great things as this team got healthy and really started to click.
0: The Lakers won 16 games in a row, a streak that went through mid-January. Then it was broken. They lost to the Pacers, and we'll have more on the Pacers later on in the podcast. Then they put together a 19-game winning streak that took you through mid-March. It was mind-numbing precision. Every night was Shaq with 30 and 15, here's Kobe with 28, and insert third scorer here who gets 12 to 15, 17, 18 points because they only had three guys average double figures this year. But Shaq is up high, Kobe's up high, Glenn Rice, everybody else is under 10. So it was, hey, pick your poison At the end of the, the, uh, who's going to step in tonight and be that third scorer? But it was Shaq, it was Kobe, and it was mind-numbing precision.
1: Well, when they got to that that winning streak that started in, in early February, I mean, right before that, they'd lost four of five. So, all of a sudden, the hand-wringing began of, all right, have all the older guys hit What's the wall? What's happening? What's right? happening? All right, we got Shaq, we got Kobe, but the older guys, are they hitting the wall? Because, I mean, we go through, you talk about Sally and A.C. And Green, Ron Harper. These guys are all in, like, year 13, yeah. 14 of their NBA career. So, it's like, all right, you're... You're counting on big minutes because they didn't exactly have a youth movement, right? You go through that roster. I mean, you're getting some minutes from Travis Knight on occasion or oh, sure. Sam Jacobson, <laughs> Sam, <laughs> hey, Jacobson. Devin George, you're going to be great, right? I mean, the, the, you, you know, just like saying Sam because Sam, of your obsession Sam, with Sam, the Sam, 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 Sam Darnold Sam, of the Jets. But, but yeah, certainly it was on a nightly basis, trying to figure out who was going to step up defensively. They all did their job, but helping to fill fill the bucket, those came a, a little slower as we went on. While this is going
0: on, a drama involving Kobe Bryant is happening. But if you remember, this is when we found out Kobe Bryant was dating Vanessa Lane, who had just graduated high school. This relationship was made public later in the spring of 2000. It was a very big story when it came out. Here's Kobe. He's dating a girl who graduated Look, Kobe's 21. She's 18. And it was a shocker. And I'm going to tell you something. I haven't told many people this story. I knew and we knew at ABC7, that's where I was working in, in LA, that Kobe Bryant was dating Vanessa Lane probably two or three months before it went public. We had heard rumors that Kobe was dating somebody in Newport Beach. All right, Kobe was dating a girl. And she had graduated high school. It was a big story. Our news director comes in one night and says, what are we doing to find out who Kobe Bryant is dating? And I said, uh, nothing. And she was like, nothing. This is a big story. Why are we not? We could get a scoop. This is a big story. Why are we not doing this? And I said, because obviously it's who he's dating we we're covering sports when it becomes a story we'll tell it the lakers don't want us sniffing around and trying to figure out who Kobe Bryant is dating. You could have been Harvey you Levin! Yo, <laughs> I'm TMZ a lawyer! Before exactly! TMZ. But I remember telling her that hey, the Lakers, if they didn't care about this, we would know and are we going to upset the Lakers if we start going and trying to figure out who Kobe Bryant is dating? We, You want your host to have access to be able to ask questions of Laker players and have access to the Lakers, don't you? But she didn't care. She just said, we need to find out who it is so this is maybe the best detective work i have ever done somehow i wind up getting in touch with a teacher who used to teach at the school and he said i know who she is we used to call her movie star and i was like all right but he didn't tell me who it was it was a good <laughs> it was a good thing and somehow i found it i found her picture in the in the yearbook and i'm saying boy I could how'd you just, get a yearbook we got a newport newport high uh, a yearbook we got it. We got a, a picture of it. We got. We found her picture in the yearbook. I forget whether it was online or whether it was. We had a. Co- we got a copy of it. I don't know where. In
1: 1999,
0: it. it ain't online. And, <laughs> but I, I forget where we got it's a copy. Noise. But we had her yeah. picture. We knew who it was. Okay. And I'm like, okay, what do we do? And they said send a, a truck to her house. And oh I boy. go, wow, this is I feel I feel feeling a little
1: weird this. here now, huh? I
0: feel weird about this. You know, this is kind of this is kind of weird. Because at this time I think she was still in high school. I think it was before she had graduated. Because I think oh, okay. were, I forget if they were dating when she was still in high school or not. I, I I forget. But at this point, it's like two or three months before this gets out. And I tell the camera guy, I say, okay go to her house and I don't know what to do next. And I'm freaking out right now. Cause I feel good that I was able to deduce who it was. Sure. And, but now we're sending a camera guy to her house and I, I call my boss on the phone the, my executive producer, I go, this is what's going on. I don't know what you want to do. He said, well, we got to, it's, you know, it's not, it's her news department. It's our news director's news department. And I call in, and and the, the camera guy calls me and says, I'm here. What do you want me to do? And I said, hang there for a second and let me figure it out. And I called the news director and I said, we're here. What do you want to do? And she goes, you found her? I said, yes. She goes, okay, good. I said, so what do you want? She goes, all right, you don't have to do anything. I said, what do you mean? And she said, you don't have to do anything. I, you, you found her? That was that was very good. I I, I enjoy that you did that. So what? Just a test so to make I, you jump? I hang up the phone and initially I am relieved because – We don't have to do anything. But then I'm really mad because I'm like, you just decided I wasn't working hard enough. So you had me go on this wild goose chase all night long to try to find out who Kobe Bryant is dating. Are you kidding me? And I was really, really mad because I don't know why she felt like we weren't working. I I don't know. Oh, you need to be able to figure things out like this. I don't know why. But I was so happy we didn't. And so we knew who he was dating. We knew Vanessa. We knew her identity for a couple of months. And then it comes out. Kobe Bryant, I think, dropped her off at school or showed up at the school and and peeked his head out the window and waved to everybody. And that was the moment they knew they were dating. And then it became a story. And I'm like, well, we knew that for the last two or three months. That
1: is curious. It but was, I, I mean, but really it's a great upset. example and and something, you know, as, as you and I sit down and, and we're talking about this team, access is still one of those things that news agencies and local TV radio stations, you've still got to navigate, mm-hmm. right? You still got to get through the gatekeeper. And now you've got players are their own businesses where there's multiple layers of gatekeeper, not just the teams, but also the players, and if the player decides he doesn't want to talk to you, team normally doesn't get in the way. So I, I can understand as with the rise of Kobe Bryant, mm. I mean, it made you, I mean, it made you work and sweat a little bit because you were talking about the ethics and the morality of everything you're doing, sweating a little bit, maybe. Lost a hair follicle or two. (laughs) But it made you a better man, Jason Smith. So
0: they would get engaged later on, and the Lakers are steaming towards the playoffs, and Shaquille O'Neal has his night of nights, a 61-point game against the L.A. Clippers. And this was... Shaq stamping his identity on this team. Shaq and Kobe were always who's going to be the leader of this team because there was that seamy underbelly throughout their time with the Lakers. Shaq was the guy. Kobe wanted to be the captain, and they fought about this bitterly whether it was behind closed doors whether it was in front of everybody but shaq wanted and he put his stamp this is my team 61 points and kobe's the 1a eventually kobe's going to be the one but i'm going to be the but i'm the one right now
1: 35 shot attempts in that game 24 makes obviously no three pointers but 61 points 23 boards your other scores in this game, as always, Kobe Bryant had 22, Glenn Rice had 16. Your next leading score, you want to guess who it was? Devin George. It was Ron Harper with six plus.
0: Oh, look at Ron Harper with six. You know, I actually had a pretty good Glenn Rice impression. Really? Back yeah, because he would he would always say the same thing after every game. They would if they lost a game, he would say, "We uh got to play better defense uh" And uh, it was a pretty good. And it got to my Brad Childress impression later on. No, that 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 was very. I thought you
1: were channeling Brad Childress. We uh, gotta play better defense.
0: Of course, that season is known for Shaq's MVP year. It was nearly (laughs) unanimous. Only Fred Hickman then of CNN, didn't vote for Shaquille O'Neal. It was Allen Iverson. And when the votes came out, Fred Hickman got a lot of attention. He said, Allen Iverson's my guy. Shaq, I love you. I'll be the first guy to talk at your Hall of Fame induction. But Allen Iverson's my MVP, the only one to vote not Shaquille O'Neal. And even when Shaq gave his acceptance speech, he said, I want to thank everybody who voted for me. Even a guy from CNN who didn't, and still to this day, tw- nearly twenty years later, Shaq had a big uh, uh was a podcast he did where he talked about Fred Hickman not voting for him. So you know he still thinks
1: about. oh no, it's salty. It nearly unanimous. Well, because look how big a deal it was when Steph Curry got it, right when he became mm-hmm. a, a unanimous MVP. That was the story, not just in sports, but that you know the lovable Steph Curry image. That transcended into a lot of other things. Not that Shaq hasn't enjoyed that throughout his life, his career, post-basketball, I mean, doing all these huge things. But, you know, that's a feather in the cap because at this point, as you said, you've got the internal struggle that Phil Jackson so deftly managed when he was in Chicago with Scottie Pippen and where he felt he was in terms of Michael Jordan and, and greatness and look, he got recognized a bunch, but still a step lower. Likewise, Shaq and Kobe fighting for that, that brass ring, saying I'm a unanimous MVP, you know, really squashes that at least mm-hmm. for the moment, right? It's always going to be latent. It's always going to be circling, but for the moment it's there and and everybody loved Allen Iverson, but really just seemed like a, a nice effort to it's that's the guy that votes somebody else for mvp in, in other sports or for the heisman just because
0: just i want to be different yeah. i want to be different i want people to talk that about guy didn't it. win enough
1: the lakers end the month of march
0: with a 15 and 1 record they finished the regular season a couple of weeks later 67 wins first place in the western conference and now the march to the nba title began but it began a lot more difficult than expected That's coming up next right here on the Special Teams Podcast.
2: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table.
5: Hey, where are you?
2: And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card.
5: Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it.
2: And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
5: Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. Mm.
0: So the Lakers dispense with the regular season, first place in the West, and their prize, a 1-8 matchup against the Sacramento Kings. The Lakers win the first two easily. You're thinking a sweep. But the Kings, at home, beat the Lakers the next two games, forcing a deciding game five in Los Angeles. And this was the first time that Phil Jackson really stepped in and said, let me take the pressure off you guys obviously his triangle system had worked throughout the year but it was never really a comfortable triangle he would say at times it's a trapezoid it's Mm -hmm. this it's a little bit different it more from what it was in Chicago but obviously it worked he had the right guys there with Shaq and Kobe at the head of it but here they are facing adversity they're down to a winner take all game five going to Staples Center and after game four I remember Phil Jackson going to talk to the media and you remember Phil with the Bulls when he would be mad after a game he would just sit there lean on his arm and he would talk and he would he would like smolder. Sure. But instead Phil Jackson came to the, the press table, smiled and said, yes, they played well. They played well tonight. Let's see if they can win on the road in game five. And he was very... Loose and smiley and much different than I thought Phil Jackson was and that set the tone for game five. Hey, hey guys, they got to come back and beat us in our building. We're the best. I'm not going to sit here and and add to the nerves that the team most likely has because this was unexpected but just Phil Jackson acting that way going into game five, you knew things were going to end well. The Lakers blow out the Kings 113-86. They take the series in five, setting up a meeting with the Phoenix Suns but there's your first first example of phil jackson kind of calming everybody down here's the first time of they've hit adversity and they get through it in spades
1: well one of the things that was the hallmark for phil jackson right those press conferences and it was the which phil jackson were you getting were you getting the guy leaning in bony elbows that would Mm -hmm. take you down back when he was a player with your knicks all those years ago Last title for you, buddy, yeah, I know uh, I as know, we buddy. as, as we know. talk today, uh, but the fact is that you'd get that guy, you'd get the guy that would be talking about the referees, not like we do in the NFL these days, but certainly making them aware of what's been what he's noticed in terms of flow of a game or like this just flat out calling out the opponent saying, <laughs> all right, come get us and in this case, you know even though they had to sweat. They got to exhale here and get ready for the next round. The Lakers take on the Phoenix Suns, who
0: finished fifth in the Western Conference. They win the first two games and then beat the Suns in game three to take a 3-0 lead. Phoenix wins game four. Just, hey, we're going to get one game in this series. Before the Lakers beat the Suns 87-65, the Suns score 65 points in a playoff game. They win the series 4-1 and waiting for them, the third-seeded Portland Trailblazers who gave the Lakers everything they could handle in this.
1: Well, the curiosity you know with the suns when you score 65 points i mean you're, you're just trying to rain threes and shooting yourself out of the gym unfortunately uh not not much of a matchup there but the regular season again different alignment in terms of divisions and the the, the way the conference is set up you know the the blazers you know it was over the course of the, the season, they, they'd been a difficult opponent and a difficult out. And had always been right there in the rearview mirror uh, waiting for this showdown. Almost the inevitability of it, you know, to take your Thanos quotes and throw it out there.
0: I was thinking EA Sports, Bulls versus Blazers and Bulls versus Lakers available now.
1: Oh, nicely done. Remember that EA yeah. Sports?
0: EA Sports. It's in the game.
1: We all had those games. Do we get we get money for that sponsoring? We got we went with that? No, now we got to we got to seek that
0: out. Uh this is a series that is back and forth. The Lakers and Blazers split the first two games. The Lakers take the next two. The Blazers take the next two setting up game 7, June 4th, 2000 at Staples Center, a game that the Blazers will always think we had it. We had it. The Blazers had a huge fourth quarter lead and at one point all they needed to do was probably hit one or two more baskets, and it would put the Lakers away. But Portland misses 12 straight. Shots. Kobe Bryant is everywhere on defense. This is everything falling apart for the Lakers. Brian Shaw hits a bunch of threes. The Lakers claw their way back. It seems improbable, but nobody can hit anything for the Portland Trail Blazers. I mean, one or two more shots, one more basket, one more shot from Steve Smith is going to clinch this game for the Portland Trail Blazers. But the Lakers come all the way back. Kobe Bryant in the final minute dusts Scottie Pippen for a big jumper to give the Lakers the lead and then the highlight you have seen many times following a missed shot by the Blazers. Kobe comes down the floor with the ball, throws up the alley-oop to Shaquille O'Neal that looks like it's going out of bounds over the rim. Shaq leaps up, grabs it with one hand, slams it down. He goes running up the court with his f- fingers in the air, jumps into Kobe Bryant's arms, and the celebration is on because the Lakers are up and the Blazers have given the ball, uh, given the game away. And I remember after the game, Kobe Bryant said, I really thought I threw it too far. It was going to be a turnover. I really thought, oh, I threw it up too high. But Shaq jumps so incredibly high and slams that ball down. Look, it's, it's the definitive shot and piece of video of the Lakers championship season, the first of three in a row. That play was really the birth of the playoffs, the dynasty that it was going to stay because these guys could do so many special things.
1: Going to almost any restaurant in LA that does sports related fare and has extra televisions for Sunday football, whatever else they've got some art of that. There's a, a painting or even to this day, any, hey, welcome to Lakers basketball. That image is showing up Mm -hmm. as part of the montage leading up to game time. I mean, that is just the iconic image. I love that Blazers squad, though. Rasheed Wallace in that game 7, 30 points. Pippen was 3 of 10 from the field, 10 boards, 12 points. Steve Smith, as you mentioned, had 18. Uh, But I wanted to make sure to note that uh, we had Arvidas Sabonis and Detlef Schrempf as part of this game.
0: I mean, this comeback, watching it, I thought they're dead in the water. They're dead, and the they Blazers are going to win. Thirteen points in the fourth quarter. The Blazers are going to win, and it was it was un, insurmountable because it was one of those typical games where you think all right, the guys are shot, and the message, whatever it is, didn't get through, but really, this was Kobe Bryant bringing the Lakers back, because on defense, he was going from ball to ball, hounding the guys. This was Kobe's game, and Kobe's jumper over Pippen, uh, you know, moving away from Pippen and hitting and giving them the lead, that was just as big a play as the dunk from Shaquille O'Neal, because that was where, okay, now we have the lead. We came all Mm -hmm. the way back, and the Blazers really had no answer. So as much as Shaq was the MVP, and Kobe was the one a now you're getting to the point in the season where Kobe Bryant is showing hey you know what not so not so
1: fast for Shaq being the one and me being the one a first team all defensive so that was part of the things that that plays in as well in that game 25 eleven and seven uh Kobe had four block shots in that game O'Neal with eighteen points and nine boards overall Rice Corey and Shaw all in double figures as well so you know you're looking at balance And a ridiculous comeback, outscoring the Blazers by 18.
0: So now awaiting the Lakers in the NBA Finals, Larry Bird and the Indiana Pacers. And people are like, I go, wait, Larry Bird was playing? No, Larry Bird was the coach of the Pacers. <laughs> Reggie Miller, the big star, his first chance at the NBA Finals. He was ready for it. Game one at Staples Center. And many Laker fans were nervous. They had seen Reggie Miller pull out all kinds of superstar heroics in the past. And now Next he show. was in the NBA. Don't bring that up. Please don't bring that you up. You
1: brought it up. You it's, said
0: heroics in the past. like nine points in four seconds, I can't, I can't, okay. But game one was a shocker. Reggie Miller missed all of his shots in the first quarter. He would make one field goal for the game, and the Lakers would win game one, and that was a big sigh of relief. 104-87 is your final. Indiana doesn't really threaten in the fourth quarter, and this was, hey, all right, now we have our sea legs under us. Reggie Miller could have shot the Pacers into contention this game, but he didn't. After the game, he sat at the press conference and said, I got a lot of open looks and I just missed him. If I keep getting these looks in the finals, and he shook his head and smiled, and I remember going, he could, he could individually do this. He could, if he starts hitting his shots, if he gets hot, he could do this all by himself because the Lakers did leave him open a lot. And I was stunned. I'm going, he really, because Reggie Miller didn't need a lot of room. No. He was so tall and lanky and he was. Well, but that would, shot was so quick. Yeah. And it would be I mean, over, shoot. guys. Yeah. I said, he really can do this all by himself. Obviously, as history has told us, he did not. Not so fast. Uh, game two. Kobe Bryant gets hurt in game two. It was a bit of a shocker because Kobe had been playing so well. He left the game due to a sprained ankle. Jalen Rose, who was then playing for the Pacers, admitted later on, he intentionally stuck his foot out when Kobe took a jumper to try to trip him up. Sweep the leg. Now this is a, a situation. Rakai it's, you have a problem with that? No, Sensei. Now, did Jalen Rose want to hurt Kobe Bryant? No, but this is a big trick that many players have used, putting your foot out so they think about it and they try to land a certain way. They don't get the follow-through right. on they their cha- jumper.
1: change their trajectory, absolutely. Right. But
0: unfortunately, this is what a big byproduct is, is that you can wind up getting hurt for it. So Kobe left the game, and at the end, the Pacers tried to get back in using the Hack-A-Shack strategy. Ah, there you go. We're going to send Shaq to the free-throw line as many times as as possible. He shoots 39 free throws in the game. <laughs> uh, wow. He makes 18, 18 out of 39, well, you know. but still it was enough. Cause he made enough in the fourth quarter and the Lakers hold off Indiana. They win game two, 111 one Oh four, the hack a shack strategy. You could say it worked, but it didn't, but it worked, but it didn't.
1: Well, and injuring Kobe Bryant and Ron Harper takes over, still plays good defense. Steps slower than Kobe, but still getting it done and scores 21 points. So that you also have, you know, big shot. Bob gets into the act a little bit, the legend of Robert Horry. So you go from there.
0: Game three, back in Indiana, Kobe Bryant is out and his absence is felt immensely. Indiana beats the Lakers 100 to 91. Reggie Miller hit all his free throws at the end of the game. And so now Indiana's feeling good. Game four, this game was the series. Kobe Bryant tries to come back, playing with a sore ankle. Indiana gets out to a big lead in the first quarter, but the Lakers start reeling them in. The game winds up heading to overtime. In overtime, Shaquille O'Neal fouls out. So now the Lakers have to win this game without Shaq, and now it's on Kobe Bryant's shoulders. But this is the best part of Kobe Bryant. This is what he has always wanted. He wants moments like this, and you saw later on in his career, he rose up many, many times. He hits three big shots in overtime. As the Lakers overcome John Sally's inability to step in for Shaq. he has been retired for two years. John Sally is kind of old, so they're really getting nothing at center but Kobe Bryant hits enough big shots, Reggie Miller misses a last second three and the Lakers take a huge 3 to 1 lead winning game 4 120 to 118.
1: Kobe Bryant throughout his career and here's one of your early signature moments of I'm the captain now. Defensively, they didn't have much of an answer for Smits, right? You're just running bodies at him trying to force the ball into someone's hands that isn't his because of the mismatch, or trying to close out on Reggie Miller, which the way he weaved through defenses, very difficult task, but just enough to escape with the two-point victory on the road.
0: You know, the fourth quarter of this game was great because it was back and forth between Shaq and Reggie Miller. Shaq scored 14, Reggie Miller scored 13. It was so tense, so exciting, deserving of overtime. And you would think at the end, all right, Kobe Bryant's got to do it, but it's a huge thing. They don't have Shaq. Pacers have to win this game. When the Lakers won, you could tell, all right, the Pacers, were done. The Pacers win the next game. Biggest blowout the Lakers had seen in 30 years. But this was the Lakers going, you know what? We got the game we needed. We're going to give them game five. We're going to come home and get ready. And we got game six and game seven at Staples Center. So let's put it away. We'll let them blow us out and we'll go back home. But
1: that's just it. 33-point loss. You know, it's like you and I with our uh, kids' soccer teams. Yeah, you don't want to be demoralized with a 9 nothing defeat. But sometimes you you have to learn, right? It's just one loss. It's a bad loss, but you move forward. And in this case, you have a commanding lead, so you just let it go. You probably just move on and take a day off, maybe a little extra uh, ice tub time.
0: The only time the Lakers had lost that bad in the last 30 years was they had lost in in, uh, 1985 in the finals to the Celtics by 33, which was the uh, Memorial Day Massacre. There you have it. Which is very famous. So now you're going back to Game 6. It's at Staples Center, and this was a much tougher game than it was expected. Everybody here in L.A. thought they're going to win the championship tonight. People called in sick to work. I remember all my friends I worked with saying, I'm done. I'm leaving here at 3 o'clock. I'm leaving work at 3 o'clock. I'm like, the game's not for three more hours. I'm leaving. The Tailgating, man. Come on. This is what I've been waiting my whole life for. The entire town (laughs) shut down. It was a close game. The Lakers had to get big threes in the fourth quarter from Derek Fisher. Robert Ory, Rick Fox, just to stay in this. You know, Indiana threw everything they could at them, and this game was tied 103 late in the fourth quarter. And I remember watching going, oh, if they give this away, it's suddenly game seven where they just lost and they're questioning themselves because the Pacers, seriously, you thought at some point they're going to give up. They're going to fold. They've had enough. The Lakers are going to pull away. But it was all the Lakers could do just to keep this game
1: close. Well, and that's one of the things going back to that game five win, right? I mean, you talk about the Memorial Day Massacre. Larry Bird's part of that squad, right? So he can probably relay as much as a coach can and impart on, you know, hey, you you got another chance keep keep fighting and a guy like reggie miller wasn't going to go down without swinging mark jackson sure wasn't going down without (laughs) swinging sometimes literally along the way but it took a lot of different heroes to step up you mentioned it all those veterans that all had big plays uh, along the way including brian shaw that that got them to the point in the final minutes where they had a chance to close it out After it was tied at
0: 103, the Lakers get the next six points, get breathing room. They hit their free throws, their clutch shots down the stretch, and they win the championship. They beat Indiana 116-111, immediately afterwards rioting all across Los Angeles, Cars are getting turned over, set on fire. Uh, people are in the streets, walking on the freeways. It was an insane scene.
1: But here's the thing. This wasn't like it was a 40-year, 50-year drought. Yeah, was, but for was, NBA, NBA was, purposes, going 10 years was yeah, a it's big a deal. Time. It's, a long, it's a long time of people. It's a whole generation of people. Because well, I mean, the Lakers, for a long time, up until this last drought of playoff appearances, we're talking about being in the finals on average every other year. So
0: the Lakers win the celebration in full swing in L.A., and it comes out, and speaking of which, the Staples Center, this is where we come back to the new season. Larry Bird wanted his team to get used to shooting at Staples Center again, because he felt they didn't shoot well the first two games. Again, remember I told you, Staples Mm -hmm. Center was a tough place to get used to playing basketball in. He wanted them to have their pregame shoot-around or wanted to be able to shoot-around at Staples Center prior to Game 6, but there was an arena football game. Oh, nice. So they had to practice away at the Lakers practice facility that was open up. So they couldn't practice at Staples center. Not that it might've changed the outcome, but still, Hey, we want to get used to visualizing success and hitting shots at Nope. We got the arena football in town. The LA Avengers are playing. So
1: you can't play pretty funny that given the clout of the NBA and as it sits here in 2019, 20 years ago, couldn't force that game to another time. Couldn't force that out to where you could get practice in and, you know, have have access to Staples Center. Seems like a nice strategic advantage for the Lakers there.
0: The one image I remember after the championship was over, I remember Vanessa Lane getting interviewed on TV wearing a big floppy hat, and she really didn't say anything. But Shaq and Kobe sitting on the ground in the showers. Or sitting on the tile in the showers, both holding on to Larry O'Brien trophy, talking to each other about what they went through and what they had to. And Kobe was like, oh, we did it. I can't believe it! we did it. And that was where you saw, and at least I saw, a, a big visual moment of, they have their differences, but they can get along because this is what was waiting
1: for well, them. Well, they both wanted that. Right? This is what right? they got. Because Shaquille had the stats, right? That mm-hmm. was his. He had a career-high scoring average. Which is amazing when you think about his career. That was the, the peak. Yes, right? he's a the Finals
0: MVP. He wins the MVP and deservedly so because they couldn't stop him. As, as much Kobe Bryant had heroics, they just could not stop Shaquille O'Neal across the board.
1: But he had solidified himself as the most dominant force in the NBA. A freak of nature, a big man that could run and fill the lane, all of that. Other than the free throw shooting which became a bigger thing as you went on. And eventually he became, (laughs) you know, a vagabond or whatever you want to talk about with all the different jerseys. He wore his final couple of years, but he had solidified himself as whether you called him the best player in the game. I mean, he was just miles above everybody else in terms of the athleticism for a big man and the way he played the game and Kobe always wanted to be Michael Jordan. So he wanted rings scoring was great make no mistake about it he wanted his points but it was always about i'm chasing six the rest of us is great but i want rings and that moment in the shower is indicative of all right for all the other nonsense out here for as long as we can run it together we work towards that so the lakers win their first championship phil jackson's the toast of the
0: town so is Shaq. so is kobe how about a little where are they now some of the players from that
1: team and what happened got some fun ones because you've got some of the little known players right i mean rick fox involved in esports and acting and a bunch of that kind of stuff you got john sally vegan advocacy products and going out and showing hey you can make something that tastes like a burger and doing all those kind of things <laughs> And he retired
0: uh, right after the season now i'm done now no well he, he had, had already done. been
1: two years retired yeah, now and retired he came again. back out to come hang out with Shaq and his he was like
0: Jordan, except he wasn't as good. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, and he's also big on cannabis ad- advocacy as well. So you roll through that. Shay Seals, he had himself a couple of games, like literally. A handful of games (laughs) Uh, But he went back To his alma mater He is in his fourth year As an assistant coach At Tulsa You have Travis Knight You'll like this one This one's next level Right Mm -hmm. So he was drafted By the Bulls They decided that They had no use for him Ends up going With the Lakers And was always conflicted When he would go To other teams And he had a big deal With the Celtics When Rick Pitino Was the coach Mm -hmm. there But all these years later He does work For Food Safety Software and runs a lodging, fishing, charter, and tour company in Nicaragua. Wow. How about that? Fishing and tour in Nicaragua. Next level. All right. Uh, Sam Jacobson. Sam, Sam, Sam. Sam, 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 um, Sam, Sam. He was convicted, uh, pled guilty to mortgage fraud in a short sale of a home at the end of 2017. I'll tell you, short sales are tough. So you had to do a little bit of uh, time for that. Short sales are tough. Uh, And then John Celestan, a point guard out of Villanova, hoops analyst for the Sixers for a long while played overseas for six years and then consulting and motivational speaking you've got a you know when
0: i played those four games for the lakers and we won the championship you You think when phil jackson put me out there at the end of a 20 point blowout,
1: i wasn't trying my hardest 16 games played 11 minutes per game hey he was one of the guys that got to be part of this crazy run and you know what began the i can't say three pete i just did you did you Uh, owe pat riley seven dollars i'll send it to him
0: (laughs) so there it is your 1999 2000 los angeles lakers the championship that started the dynasty the big moments the controversy overcoming adversity and at least i didn't have to actually have my cameraman knock on vanessa lane's door all the way back then kobe bryant if you're listening to this you owe me one even though you never knew that Hit us up on Twitter at How About Afresca. Mike is at Swollen Dome. We have comments about the podcast or what teams you'd like to see spotlighted on future special teams podcasts. I'm Jason Smith. I'm Mike Garmin. We will talk to you next week on special teams. Before you go, rate and review the show, whether you're listening on iHeartRadio, iHeartRadio apps. Apple, whatever it is, give us a rate, tell us you like it. We will love you forever and ever and ever. Special Teams is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
1: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen.